Father God, thank you uh, for your word. Thank you for making yourself known. And also thank you for uh, these uh, wisdom books you've granted us uh, so that we can know how to live well in your world. Um, uh, thank you for um, uh, yeah, the, the um, book of Proverbs uh, that we're going to look at uh, today and over the next um, uh, three weeks after this. Um, we just pray today that as we come into your word, um, we, that you would speak to us, you would soften our hearts, that um, we would hear what you have to say for us today. Thank you uh, for your word. Uh, in Jesus' name. Amen. Our first reading from Proverbs is chapter 1, the first seven verses. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, for gaining wisdom and instruction for understanding words of insight, for receiving instruction in prudent behaviour, doing what is right and just and fair, for giving prudence to those who are simple, knowledge and discretion to the young. Let the wise listen and add to their learning and let the discerning get guidance, for understanding proverbs and parables, the sayings and riddles of the wise. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. But it is a new year, isn't it? It's a time for um, just kicking back a little bit, maybe. Uh, some of you guys are down here doing that, and uh, uh, that's a great thing to do. It's time, maybe it's a time for dreaming about the year ahead as well, maybe some of the projects you've got planned. Um, uh, it's th that time of year where you start to think, oh, you know, maybe I should learn a new skill or there's that thing I've been waiting to do for ages. Uh, one, one thing I'd like to skill up on, I, I've been thinking about this, is woodworking, uh, especially whittling. I used to do a little bit as a kid, but I haven't done it for ages. My skills are not up there yet, but I reckon I could take on something like this. There you go. Nailed it. Okay, that's, uh, that's my first project. Uh, but I'm told, I'm told this, that an important thing, um, to, if you're a woodworker, you'll know this, uh, but I'm told uh, that uh, a really important thing in woodworking is to learn about the grain of the wood, right? So you've got to know what, what, what way the, the grain of the wood is going. Um, uh, the, grain, the wood has a grain, if you go to the next slide, um, a direction that the fibres are all kind of lined up in. And if you go the wrong way, it kind of wrecks the piece that you're working on uh, uh, if you go against the grain. You can't change the grain, it just is there. It's just a reality that that's how kind of it's, it's built, that's how it's made, that's how it's designed. Uh, you have to learn to go with it. If you go against the grain, you kind of mess it up. Um, well, that is actually a really, really helpful image to understand what's going on in the Bible's book of Proverbs. Um, Proverbs is all about uh, what the Bible calls wisdom, living wisely. Um, it's all about living wisely in God's world. Uh, in the background of Proverbs um, uh, is the idea that the universe, the universe has a grain to it. The world has a grain to it. Your life has a grain to it. Um, a way it's been formed a pattern that it's been designed to fill out. Wisdom is about learning to see that grain, the way life really is, and working with it and not going against it. Um, you go against the grain in a woodworking project, 
it's no big deal, right? You just kind of chuck it out and start again. <laughs> Try again next time. Um, go against the grain in your life, though. That has bigger consequences, doesn't it, than just a woodworking project. Uh, you can make a hack job of a DIY project. Um, but we're, we're, we're talking about bigger things when it comes to our life, aren't we? Wisdom is about... Another way to kind of put it is about skillfully navigating life. Um, living life with the grain of the universe. Um, and wisdom has a really important place in the Bible. Um, some things are really clear in the Bible. The Bible has laws in it, which are just black and white. The ten, you might think of the Ten Commandments. I want you to imagine maybe a situation where you're in a home group or a Bible study or something and you're sharing prayer points. And often in, in prayer point time, you're kind of sharing those decisions that you are trying to wrestle with. Uh, imagine, imagine this scenario. Um, someone in your group shares their prayer point and says, look, I really don't like my boss at the moment. I'm just trying to figure out um, whether to knock them off. And, and it, excuse me? You know, like kind of slip them something to, you know, uh, or... And you, or, or imagine someone saying, look, I'm just not feeling it in my marriage right now. I'm trying to figure out whether to have an affair. The answer to both of those is no. It's black and white. It's in, it's, it, do not murder. God is very clear about that. Do not commit adultery. Um, but there are th- that's not the kind of decisions that we face most often in life, though, is it? Um, there are thousands of smaller, everyday, mundane decisions that aren't necessarily covered by this kind of clear yes or no. How do you respond to that email that's been sent to you? <laughs> uh, should you go for that job? What words will you choose to speak to your kids Wisdom is God's gift to equip you to navigate those kinds of decisions in a way that lines up with the way that he's made the world. Um, it's more about, and this is what Proverbs comes in, it, Proverbs gives us, it, it's more about patterns than it is about ironclad promises. Um, it's more about patterns than ironclad promises. As you read through Proverbs, you might kind of pick up what I mean by that. There are always exceptions um, one of the really good things about the Bible is it has all these different sorts of things in it. Uh, there are a few, a few books in the Old Testament called the wisdom books. And the, the key one is Proverbs. It kind of lays out the foundation. But there's also this book called Job. Uh, if you know the story of Job, it's all about the exception. You know, it's, uh, not everything operates along these lines. But in general, Proverbs says, here's the grain Work with it. Um, the book of Proverbs, uh, if you've ever tried to plough through Proverbs before, if you've ever had a go at reading it, uh, it's a really, really fascinating book. It's actually got a lovely structure to it, but basically it splits into two parts. The first nine uh, chapters, I like, it's a bit of a long introduction to the, to the rest of the book. There's this, uh, a father talking to his son and uh, urging him to... Um, accept his wisdom. From chapter 10 right to the end to chapter 31, you get the Proverbs. And when you get to that section, it can feel a bit random. There's all these um, Proverbs that just kind of fly at you. 
Well, over the next few weeks, what we're going to do is we're going to dive into that section, but we're going to look at it in themes. Uh, next week, we're going to think about um, uh, what Proverbs has to say about the way in which we use our words, how we speak to each other. Um, actually, um, one of the main themes of the book of Proverbs shows you how important our words are. Uh, the week after that, we're going to be thinking about families and how we relate it in, in our families, and the, final, the following week, friendships. Uh, and three really big themes in the book of Proverbs. Um, we'll, another time, you know, maybe holidaymakers, you'll come back next January for the next four <laughs> themes. Uh, we'll see. But those are the ones that we're tackling this time. So the, but the first nine uh, chapters are like an introduction to Proverbs. And the, the passage we're looking at today, the first few verses of chapter one, they're like an introduction to the introduction. <laughs> Like an intro to the intro. They're, they're kind of, everything's summed up here in these verses for this book. It'll be up on the screen. You can see it there, verse 1. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel. Um, if you, as, as we read through, we'll find out that it's not all written by Solomon, but the whole book has Solomon's stamp of approval over it. Uh, this, is a, this is Solomon's book, the Proverbs of Solomon, um, Solomon was a guy who was famous for his wisdom. If you uh, are familiar with part of the story of the Bible in the Old Testament, Solomon was really famous for his wisdom. He was a king in Israel in the Old Testament. He was a young man when he became king, and he had a really tough gig because he followed the greatest king that there ever was, King David. Um, he, was, he was a young man. Uh, he was, had a hard act to follow. Uh, he was inexperienced, and suddenly he had this kind of huge weight of responsibility put on his shoulders. Um, uh, he knew he couldn't do it on his own. And the story goes, and you can read this in 1 Kings chapter 3. If you're a note taker, you can follow it up. Some, uh, actually, we'll have a bit of it on the screen. Uh, the, uh, he has, uh, God um, comes to him in a vision at night in, in one of his dreams. Uh, and he asks Solomon, what, uh, ask me whatever you want me to give you. God asks, tells Solomon this, ask of me whatever you want. Whatever you want. Uh, if you skip down to verse 7, Solomon says, Now, Lord my God, you have made your servant king in place of my father David, but I'm only a little child. I don't know how to carry out my duties. Your servant is here among the people you have chosen, a great people too numerous to count or number. So give your servant a discerning heart to govern your people and to distinguish between right and wrong. For who is able to govern this great people of yours? Another way to put a discerning heart is a wise heart. Give Solomon asks for wisdom. He could have asked for anything. He knows that's what he needed most. And God gives it to him. We're told he gives him a wise and discerning heart. What the book of Proverbs opens up for us is not just Nice tips for living, you know, a few tips here and there. Uh, wisdom is a gift from God given to his king, his wise king, and through his king to his people. Wisdom is a gift given to God's king and through his king to his people. But you don't have to read too far in the Bible's story to know that there's a problem, a huge problem that comes here, a big problem. Uh, it's not a problem with Proverbs itself. Uh, Proverbs is just a gold mine. There's a problem with the guy called Solomon. 
the man Solomon. Solomon, he started so well, the kingdom flourished under him for a little while. Uh, but the sad story of Solomon is he ended this, this wisest person. We talk about the wisdom of Solomon. Um, the wisest person ended up a complete wreck and a total fool. You can read about it in 1 Kings 11. I won't read it now, but uh, you can see what he did. He, he, he rejects God. He ends up a fool. And this is a problem. The guy who wrote the book <laughs> ends up a fool. It's a problem, but not just for Solomon. It's a problem for every human heart. It's a problem for you. It's a problem for me. Living this life, the good life, maybe slightly different to what we might think of when we hear that phrase. Uh, living this life lined up with the grain of the universe. It's something that is just beyond us, ultimately, uh, because of our sin. It's a problem, but it's a problem that drives us to the most wonderful news. I'm going to try holding this. Free me up a bit. It's a problem that drives us to the most wonderful news because it's a problem that drives us to Jesus. Um, it's a problem that drives us to Jesus. Uh, it drives us to Jesus, who was the great son of David. The Proverbs of the Pro Proverbs of Solomon, son of David. Jesus is the great son of David, the great king of Israel, the true eternal king over God's people. And when Jesus comes... You can, uh, I think it's Matthew 13. I didn't write that one down, but it's in Matthew's Gospel. What does he say about himself? He calls himself the one who is greater than Solomon. Greater than Solomon. The wisest person to ever live. Here's Jesus, the one who is greater than him. He wasn't just wise, though. Uh, the Apostle Paul, reflecting on Jesus in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, he calls Jesus not just a wise guy, he calls Jesus the wisdom of God. The wisdom of God. A wisdom that looked foolish to the world, but was in fact God's wisdom made flesh. As we read through Proverbs, Jesus is Proverbs in flesh. <laughs> Jesus is Proverbs in flesh. When you see him relating to people and walking around and talking with people and confronting people and comforting people and forgiving people and embracing people. He is Proverbs made flesh. He's the fulfillment of this life, a life lined up with the grain of the universe. Now, there's more to it than that, though. Uh, we're going to return to this at the end, but reading Proverbs, reading Proverbs for us as Jesus people, this side of Jesus, as we read this amazing book, it makes all the difference. See, the hero of Proverbs is not us. The hero of Proverbs is not you, it's not me. Proverbs is not an invitation for you to roll your sleeves up and fix up your own life by your own efforts. It's an invitation to sit at the feet of your wise king who himself lived the perfectly wise life and in his grace died in your place at the cross to give you life. It's an invitation to sit at his feet to learn from him. It's kind of like reading Proverbs. It's kind of like this side of Jesus. It's kind of like sitting down with Jesus in the counselor's office. <laughs> um, sitting at the feet of your king who has saved you by his grace and empowers you by his spirit, secures you by his love. And that is good news. 
It means if you're in Jesus, if you're one of his people, there's never a point where you've made such a mess of your life, you've gone against the grain so much, where you can't have a fresh start. There's never a point. And today could be that for you. That day when you start to again get back in line with the grain. Um, It can be often slow and painful. um, But in the security of Jesus' forgiveness and grace, that's the invitation today. Well, the Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, that point us forward to the great king, to Jesus, the perfectly wise one. We're going to kind of uh, look through this little passage now. Though, What does this skillful looking, living look like? Um, uh, the, the middle chunk of the passage that we've been reading. Uh, look at verse t- 2 and 3 there. Uh, the, the basic kind of thing that comes through here is that wisdom, this, this skillful living, this, this wisdom that we need, wisdom comes from outside of ourselves, not from inside of ourselves. That's one of the big things that comes out here wisdom comes from outside of yourself not from within yourself verse 2 it, it, you see it, wisdom needs to be gained and received verse 2 for gaining wisdom and instruction for understanding words of insight for receiving instruction it's a gift it comes from outside us it comes from the grace of god and it's totally different isn't it <laughs> to the message of the culture that we're saturated in if you if you ask our culture how is it that you live well more than likely the answer you'll hear is you look in look deep within yourself look deep within your own heart and follow whatever you find there follow wherever it leads It's something that sounds liberating, but the tragedy of it is it is the slavery and confusion that it brings. Our hearts do not make good masters. But we're not left in the dark. God is so gracious, he is so kind, and he gives wisdom as a gift. It's not a wisdom that needs to be kind of earned or grasped for. It's a wisdom to be received with a humble and thankful heart. Wisdom comes from outside us, not from within us. The second, though, as we keep reading on, uh, do you notice that wisdom is about all of life? All of life. Uh, Verse 3, this isn't just about filling our head with facts and sort of clever sayings that you can pull out at a dinner party. Um, It is about our thinking. Our thinking is really important, but it's also about doing It's about your behavior. Verse 3, for receiving instruction in prudent behavior. Prudence, uh, um, uh, maybe a a word that doesn't connect too much for us, but in in shrewd sort of behavior, in a positive sense, that kind of capacity to think clearly about life and act clearly. Um, Doing what is right and just and fair. For doing. Um, you, might have, you might have heard, uh, had this image, if you think about the wise man or a wise person, sometimes we have this image of the hermit on the hill, right? You know, kind of secluded, away from everyone. Uh, maybe lives at the top of a mountain, you've got to go for the climb up to the wise man uh, and to receive their wisdom. Uh, that is, uh, that's not real wisdom according to the Bible. According to the Bible, wisdom is gritty, 
everyday life on the ground. Um, it's, it's the mess of life in your family, with the people around you, in, in your friendships, in, at your work, in your church family. The wise person doesn't detach from that and sit aloof and dispense clever sayings. The wise person lives in that, lives in the mess of life in a way that's lined up with the grain of the universe. Wisdom, uh, wisdom comes from outside of ourselves. Wisdom is about all of life. It's about thinking and doing. And, but do you notice as we go there, wisdom is for everyone from verse 4. Wisdom is for everyone. Verse 4, this wisdom is for giving prudence to those who are simple. Um, maybe you feel simple. Um, uh, another way to put that is you just feel tossed around, confused. <laughs> um, I suspect all of us on some level do. We're just uh, uh, in need of wisdom. In need of help. Maybe you're paying for bad choices that you've made in the past uh, and you're just not sure how to get out of the rut they leave you in. Wisdom is for you. Wisdom gives, is for the simple, for those who, who need help. Uh, but it's also for the young as you keep going. Verse 4, so for giving prudence to those who are simple, knowledge and discretion to the young. Um, as you read on um, in Proverbs, it, it seems to be that uh, the writer of Proverbs particularly has in his sights young men. So I'm going to eyeball the young men. Um, it particularly seems to have in his sights young men as he's writing this. Um, there seems to be a kind of foolishness, guys, <laughs> that young men particularly are prone to fall into and that can carry through the rest of your life. Um, that's kind of as you read on. But here, it's, a, it's kind of more general than that, isn't it? It just says the young, for those who are young. Um, so kids, and eyeball the kids. God's wisdom is for you. Living God's way is for you. Living wisely with Jesus as your king will impact the rest of your life. You need to live with Jesus. And you have an opportunity to begin your life with him. Uh, living like you were created to live. So that's good news, kids. Um, for the young, for the simple, for the young, but it goes right through the other end of the spectrum though, doesn't it? As you read on, verse 5. Let the wise listen. It's interesting, isn't it? It doesn't say let the wise dispense their wisdom. <laughs> let the wise listen and add to their learning. Let the discerning figure out their own way. Right? Let the discerning get guidance for understanding proverbs and parables, the sayings and riddles of the wise. Wisdom is for everyone, friends. You, ne you will never get past your need for God's wisdom. The wise need to listen. The discerning still need guidance. So older friends, 
you who are much wiser than I am. (laughs) Watch out for Solomon's trap and thinking that you don't need God's wisdom anymore. Any measure of wisdom that any of us have is a gift from God. It's not our own doing. And you will need his wisdom until your last breath. So for all of us, stay sitting at Jesus' feet, listening to him, receiving his word, growing in wise living, until you reach the fullness of life that waits for you. Well, that's kind of the character of wisdom that's outlined here. It comes from outside ourselves. Uh, It's about all of life and it's for everyone. Uh, There's one more really central verse that we're going to just land on, okay? This is the last verse of this first part, this intro to the intro. Uh, And it's really the main theme of Proverbs. If you want to memorize one verse, this is probably the one to do. Uh, it gives us, uh, Proverbs, Proverbs goes right down to the nitty-gritty, it does, but this verse gives you the 30,000 feet overview, the big picture of Proverbs. And without this, you can, you can look, you can pick up some tips for the rest of Proverbs, <laughs> but without this, it'll all be useless. It won't, it won't benefit you eternally, deeply. Here it is. How do you live wisely in God's world? Verse 7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, of knowledge. Sorry, it says wisdom later, and we'll get to that. Here it says of knowledge. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. What's the foundation of wisdom? The base where you need to start, where you need to go on, where you need to end. How do you live wisely in God's world? It all starts with the fear of the Lord. It's a bit confusing, I think. (laughs) It can be um, confusing, this whole idea. Um, One of the most common commands in the Bible, you might know, is, anyone know what it is? Do not fear. One of the most common commands all through the Bible. Do not fear, do not fear, do not fear. You don't need to... Knowing God frees us from fear. You don't need to fear other people. You don't need to live in fear of what they think of you because you have God's approval through Christ stamped over you. You don't need to fear um, what other people might do to you. You don't need to fear your past. Forgiveness frees you from that. You don't need to fear your future. Jesus' resurrection frees you from the fear of death. The future is certain and bright for all those who are in Christ. There's a, there's a negative fear that God wants to free you from and can free you from that negative fear. But there's also in the Bible a positive fear, uh, a positive fear that is so fundamental and necessary that you can't go anywhere living a wise life without it. Um, Negative fear is, uh, try this out, negative fear is fear of someone who's more powerful than you, but you don't trust. 
That's the kind of negative fear. Someone who's more powerful than you, who could hurt you, who you don't trust, who may well hurt you in all sorts of different ways, not necessarily physically, in, in any way. That's a kind of negative fear. What the, what, what's on view here is a positive fear, which is the fear of someone who is more powerful than you, who you do trust. See the difference between that kind of negative fear and the positive fear. The awe isn't taken away. I'm still totally aware of his power, his might. The difference is I trust him. I trust him. I know he's on my side. Um, the awe isn't taken away. Um, and the second line of verse 7 uh, that's up there, it kind of helps us to understand the first. What, uh, what does this kind of look like? What's the opposite of this fear? You can see it up there. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. But fools despise wisdom and instruction. The opposite of this kind of fear, what it looks like, is that kind of despising spirit. That proud, chin out kind of spirit towards God. Not needing his wisdom and instruction. I can do life on my own, thank you very much. If that is your heart towards God and his word, then according to Proverbs, that, that is a fool's heart. That is the path of folly. You're living life against the grain of the universe. Positive fear is humble trust of this God who is unimaginably powerful and also unfailingly trustworthy. Both of those things combined. That's the fear that's on view here. So as we, and you, do you see here, wisdom, uh, this book of Proverbs, it doesn't, it's not primarily about giving us some, a, a bag of tricks. It's not primarily about uh, life hacks, right? So kind of, you've heard of life hacks, some little tips to help your life improve and go a bit better. Um, Wisdom is not actually firstly about what you do. It's about who you are. It's about the sort of person you are. It's about your character. And this is where it starts. A humble, trusting heart that fears the Lord. So friends, how would you go into this year a wise person? Or maybe, I think, probably better than that. How would you go into this year growing in wisdom? a wiser person than you were last year? Well, it all starts here. It starts here, and I want to finish by reflecting on the way that knowing Jesus kind of amps this up. Um, Through Jesus, we have access to this kind of positive fear in a totally transforming, stunning way. Jesus is both the wise king of Proverbs and the Lord of Proverbs, who we are to fear. Uh, he has shown God's greatest power and wisdom. He's shown it in what looks like the foolishness of the cross. And because of the gospel, because of Jesus' death and res- resurrection, you can know Jesus 
as both the Lord who has all power, who has risen and ascended and reigns, and also as the one who you can trust completely, utterly. You can rest in him. You can let down your guard. You can entrust your life to him. You can walk out here today knowing that there is no condemnation for you because you are in Christ Jesus. No fear of judgment, no fear of other people, no fear of death, only the kind of deep awe of this positive fear, the love of this fear for your Lord and Saviour. There's a beautiful snapshot of this in, uh, uh, in the book of Acts, the early church. There's a snapshot of it. I think it's coming up on the screen. Uh, the, this is after Jesus has died and risen and ascended. This is this beautiful snapshot of a church, a wise church. Then the church throughout Judea, Galilee and Samaria enjoyed a time of peace and was strengthened, living in the fear of the Lord and encouraged by the Holy Spirit. It increased in numbers. That's where wise living starts. If you aren't yet a Christian, if you're not yet a Christian, if you haven't entered into that kind of positive fear through faith in Jesus, to continue to reject him is to continue in foolishness. It's try to carve out your life against the grain. God welcomes you to become truly wise. Not wise in your own eyes, but wise in his eyes. And you can do that today if you'll humble your heart. You'll acknowledge your own folly and come to Jesus and receive his forgiveness. If you are a Christian, will this year be the year for you to, to pray for wisdom, to ask God for wisdom? In, in James, we promise that if we ask him for wisdom, he will give it. Um, to ask him for wisdom and to never move past this kind of fear of God. Uh, living wisely means living, fearing and trusting this great king. Uh, carrying that kind of trusting fear into every decision of your life. Um, every relationship that you're going to form this year. Everything that you buy this year. Every place that you live this year. Every job that you take this year. Will you pray for this kind of fear to be the centering, guiding reality in your life? Uh, living wisely like this is, it doesn't take away from life. It is life-giving. It is a beautiful thing. It's a stunning thing. I see it all the time in our church family and it's wonderful. Uh, in Proverbs chapter 4, it says, Wisdom will give you a glorious, beautiful crown. A church of wise people, a wise church, will stand out in its grace and beauty in a world starving for wisdom. Let's pray. I'll pray.
Oh God, you invite us to feast on the beauty of wisdom. Lord, we know that the inability of our own hearts, we know we're kind of sobered by the story of Solomon, the greatest wise person who just failed spectacularly, but he wasn't the greatest wise person. Uh, he was someone who led to the one who was wisdom made flesh. Thank you for the Lord Jesus who lived this kind of perfectly wise life, lined up with how you've made the world. Uh, and thank you, Father, not just for his example, but um, even more than that for the forgiveness and grace and renewal that he gives through the cross, through his own death and resurrection. I thank you that he invites us to sit at his feet and to receive his wisdom. We pray that we might do that in the coming weeks, uh, that as we hear from the book of Proverbs, that uh, you might shape us and change us and help us to live more wisely in the world you've made. Um, we pray, um, Father, uh, for your help in doing that. We pray today especially that you might fill us with this kind of positive fear, um, this fear of the Lord, uh, knowing your unbelievable greatness and your incredible kindness to us. Thank you that we can have certainty of both of those things uh, through the gospel of our Lord Jesus. And it's in his name that we pray. Amen.